I'm Sean Tiberio. Welcome to the Sean Tiberio Show, where the good, the bad, and the ugly about being your own boss are all on the table. Now, we all know every day as a business owner is not easy. There's no money tree that's just growing and raining those bills requires us to show up every single day and put in the work. So congratulations for showing up today to learn something that will help your business grow. Now let's get real. What is up everybody? Welcome. Welcome. Little difference today. Uh, we're doing an episode for the Sean Tiberio show and I decided, hey, why not just go ahead and go live um, and and test some things out, do some things a little bit different. So with that being said, we are live. I do have it pulled up. I'll be able to see some of your guys' comments from time to time. You know what to do. Let me know that you're here. And uh, if you got questions about something we're talking about, feel free. Chime in. I'll see them. Maybe we'll get them in. But you guys are in for a special treat uh, today. Whether you're watching this live or if you're listening to this later, on the Sean Tiberio show over on YouTube or on podcast players nationwide, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Heck, there's so many of them anymore. I can't even remember them. Uh, but be sure to check it out on any of those. Watch, like, subscribe, all that stuff so that you get notified for future episodes. But what are we talking about today? It, we're getting into something that, quite frankly, it's a very passionate topic for myself and that is, we need to become resilient. And right now, more than ever, that's being shown between COVID and protests and all the other things happening and, and this, this ever-changing uh, kind of environment that we're in today. Resiliency, not just personally, but especially for those of you with businesses, uh, it's a must and it's a key. And I, I reached out to somebody who's been not just a, a uh, past mentor and coach, and we'll get into some of that stuff. Uh, she has coached me in a number of things uh, over the years, especially as an athlete. And, uh, you know, it's led into some other stuff, but uh, also somebody who's become a true friend and somebody who, when I, when I talk about the, the term resilience, you can almost look it up in the dictionary and there's a picture of Amy uh, right next to it. So before I bring Amy on, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a background on who she is. And quite frankly, and I have no idea if she can even hear me right now or hear any of this that's happening, but uh, we'll see when she comes back in. I'm going to say this much. Amy is a bad A money sign, money sign. I'm going to keep it clean. For the, for the episode going live uh, to the different players, but she is a bad mama jamma. Uh, a little bit of background on her. She is a two-time Ironman distance winner. You guys know, if you've followed me for a while, you know that there was a time there where I was pretty active, racing uh, a lot, training a lot and whatnot. Amy was actually my my coach and a, and a training partner uh, along the way. We'll talk about that, but she's won Ironman distance races twice. I happen to be on course uh, for one of them, and I definitely, we will be diving into it. Talk about resilience right there. She's also a 10-time uh, world championship qualifier. That's a combination between the half Ironman and the full Ironman, 70.3 miles and 140.6 miles, 10 times folks. Think of that to think about the effort that it would take to just qualify one time, the resilience that it would take to battle through to get one. She's got 10 qualifications, uh, to the world championships in both of those distances combined. 
the one that I love the most, she went pro, pro, pro athlete. Think about all the pro athletes out there right now. They're just coming out of college. They're, some of them are getting pissed that they're not even making it to the pro. She went pro at the age of 40, 40. Some of you out there uh, feel like your body's breaking down by 40. Uh, and you're looking for the retirement days. That's what she ramped it up. And uh, we'll get into some of that piece there. She's also a certified USAT, USA triathlon coach, trainer. She's also a trainer with a phenomenal triathlon training program. Uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about how that relates the training that goes in as an athlete when you're training at this type of level. How does that relate into life and business and everything else? More importantly, though. She is a mother and a wife. She's a mother to three amazing daughters, all of which are just killing it with what they're doing. And she is a wife uh, on top of all of that. So talk about balancing family and all of that crazy stuff that I just said. So with that, I want to bring in Amy. I'm going to go ahead and click a couple buttons here and we're going to get her back in to the studio. Let's see if we can get her in. There she is. Amy, welcome. Hey, how you doing, Sean? How, how is it going? Good. Coming all the way from... Pennsylvania. Yes, you're West Coast. I'm East Coast. Yes, we are. So I have no idea if you were able to even hear what I was saying about I you. I did. I was able to okay. hear you. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then, cool. You know that I just told everybody you are a bad A money sign, money sign. We're going to keep it clean. I think everybody can figure out what I just talked about right there. But uh, real quick, just um, kind of catch everybody up a little bit uh, on your story. Obviously, I threw out some of the, the major uh, highlight pieces of it, but uh, when it really boils down to who is Amy? Um, well, to extend off of what you said, I am a professional endurance coach. So I've been a coach for about 30 years in many types of sports, track and field, basketball, um, and most recently in the longest triathlon and endurance sports specific. So um, I have uh, that wide coaching background that goes with me everywhere I go. Um, what brought me to coaching is I remember graduating from high school and my parents asking me, Hey, Amy, what do you want to do for a living? And the first thing I said is I want to be a coach. Um, so I became a teacher. I, I went into education as my profession initially because I knew being a teacher, I would be able to be a coach complimentary to that. And being a teacher, is being a coach is being a teacher. It really is. So um, those complemented each other really, really well. So I was in education for about the first 15 to 20 years of my adult life. And then the last 10 years has been strictly um, a professional uh, coach uh, for endurance sports. And I have three college-age daughters and, and a husband and um, live uh, about an hour north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Lives in a very beautiful area. I, if I weren't to say that, you know, obviously the West Coast is is beautiful and there's a ton of benefits to being out here. But uh, it was one thing I did love about back there and in your area, especially the old lake swims that we used to do uh, together. And it was like Amy had her own little private spot. Nobody kind of knew about it, uh, the which was always fun. Hole. Yep. yep. Uh, so I know you and I were just chatting actually a little bit before we went live. And, and I want to dive into, you know, really just talking about resilience uh, today. It's kind of like the, the overarching theme. And I was telling everybody, and I've been saying this a lot, especially to our clients lately, given the way that the world is right now, COVID, protests, uh, you know, the ever-changing atmosphere, so much stuff has changed just even from the way that we communicate with people. 
if we are not resilient, we're going to kind of get run over in a sense. And as athletes, that is something that, you know, you truly got to embrace. But you and I were actually just talking pre going live. This last year for you has even been a little bit of a, a test of the resiliency in, in your own self. Uh, and just speak, you don't got to get too much into the details of what's happened, but just kind of talk a, a little bit to that point right right there. You know, what what is it about resiliency? Why is it that you're able to embrace it so much uh, to kind of push through? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think my definition of resiliency isn't so much like I think people think of resiliency as putting up those walls and being strong enough to hold those walls. And I'm going to res- resist, right? Like people think of resiliency as, as resisting. And um, I, I really define resiliency as something to be able to adjust with the times um, to adjust organically with what comes into your life, um, what flows come your way. And, but at that same time, there's certain characteristics that you hold. There's certain values that you keep that sort of hold you steady, not so much resistant, but steady to the course that you want to go. Um, and then also being accepting along the way of where that course might take you. You know, so it's, it's a little bit of having faith at the same time with resiliency. So um, the last year and a half was a big change. It was a new chapter in my life. I had retired from professional and elite triathlon, and it was sort of trying to reset myself and to find some a, a common ground of get my get my legs on the ground of where am I going to go next and and um, trying to be resilient during those different changing times was important for me. Uh, this last year and a half. I love what you just said uh, right there about it's not holding up the wall. It's embracing the the path may change. And why that that just kind of it was like a light just kind of shine down on that. You, everybody out there knows, you know, we, we focus here at Top Results Consulting and everything I do with Shantiberia.com is all around building business owners and building in what I call resilient business owners, those that can adjust and change. And I know you're coming from the athlete side, but there's also this, this other little business element to it because as a, as a coach and as a trainer, it's about also, you know, encouraging and bringing those, those athletes in and the world's changing in that, even in that own space. So understanding that that path doesn't, it, it, it may not be clear all the time. And that is a big piece. A lot of people freak or get fearful when the path is not clear. And, you know, just take yourself over the last, the last year, that path probably didn't look too clear. So what are some, what are some ways that you embrace that or kind of how is it that you work through some of those unclear moments, the path's got a right turn and you don't know what's around the bend. Right. And and what you said with people fear the uncertainty. And um, I think, putting fear, you know, having fear, um, and, and, and bringing fear into that, that phase of uncertainty is actually a bit of an energy, uh, energy waster. Um, I think fear sometimes fear is actually that wall that we put up that doesn't allow us to see over it and to see different kinds of paths and different kinds of opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we get stuck in our own way. And, and again, we can visualize 
being stuck in our own way is that wall that's not allowing us to adapt and change um, from a business sense. Uh, from I, from an athlete sense, um, you know, and I've been there personally as an athlete, and I've been able to, um, you know, give suggestions to my athletes that part of being on a course of a race or being in the middle of a training plan is being able to adjust with what comes your way. All right. There's controllables and there's uncontrollables in athletics and business and and family life. So the biggest thing is we have to identify what is something that can be controllable and what is something that cannot be controllable and anything that we have control over we, we, wait, we use our energy on it. Anything that we don't have control over, why even waste your time? For example, I'm out in the desert of Mexico riding my bike, and it's 100 degrees out, right? You might know this scenario. <laughs> I just might. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, a, it's 100 degrees. It is hot. And, you know, our mind wants to say, I want to stop because... Who in their right mind would be riding their bike through a desert and it's 100 degrees out in a cannon with no wind? Um, you know, that's something that we shouldn't even waste our time on because it, if we're in the middle of a race, those are the conditions that have been set in front of us. Why even waste time worrying about it? And all we have to do is think about how can I control? How can I control the agony I'm in or how can I control this condition that I absolutely have no control over. So then we pull out of our toolkit of mental fitness. Okay, I can do this, 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 and this. I can dump water over my head. I can drink my sport fuel. I can stay focused. I can count to 100 a million times to distract my mind from saying negative things to myself. So, um, and I, I'm sure it's the same way in business. You know, mm-hmm. it, coaching is business too. Um, it's just learning how to adapt with what an uncontrollable has been set in your path. I, I can't agree more here. And, and you kind of took a little bit of uh, the words out of my mouth in a sense there. Everybody used to ask when I was training a lot, right? When you were coaching me, when we were working out together, we were racing a lot. They were like, how do you, how do you do that and put all your energy and effort into business? And I, I couldn't help but say constantly, how much correlation there was between the tough moments of training and the tough moments in a day as a business owner. And yes, the it's two different things. However, how we battled through it and what you just said about pulling something out of the toolkit, it's a hundred degrees out. I think I still even have the, the sun mark scars on my back from that, that day. But what could we do in that exact moment and if you're out there listening right now and and you're in a in a position right now in your business things are changing everything's all it's a it's a whirlwind that's a phenomenal kind of statement to let sink in for a second and ask yourself what can i do right now what can i do at this moment what tools do i have now with that that also opens up this this idea that what if i don't have all the tools what if i don't know how to get through that moment, or I don't know what tools that I should have in it. Cause we get that question quite a bit. I'm sure you do also as a, as a coach with, with the athletes, they're like, okay, but what, what do I do in, in that moment? Or what about that? How does that, how do, uh, you know, how do, how do I handle that given scenario? 
And what advice would you have for somebody there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, part, part of, uh, Part of what I do is not only physical conditioning for my athletes, but it's also mental conditioning. So a lot of times, and I've done this with myself, is I have a race mental plan. All right. So um, you think about, you visualize, you think about things going great with a race, right? Going through that finish line, um, getting that $50,000 check for your first sale of something in a business. So you visualize those moments, right? Cause those are the carrots on the stick that you want to, you want to shoot for, but you also have to plan for things that might not be sugarcoated. Okay. You got to plan for those things that may go wrong. And when they do go wrong, if you've planned and you've mentally rehearsed how you're going to react, what you're going to do, when it happens, it's, it's really not that big of a challenge. Your mind, okay, so if you plan for something to go wrong with your business, in a race, whatever, you plan for it. Okay, I get a flat out in the middle of the desert. What am I going to do? Um, I didn't get that business loan. What am I going to do? If you plan for that ahead of time and you visualize it and you practice how you're going to react, when it does happen, your, your brain doesn't know the difference. Your brain doesn't know the difference that um, you, if you practice it and you visualize it mentally, your brain thinks it's happened before. So your brain's just going to go right into this, this mode of solving the problem. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of visualization with it. I think a lot of it is, you know, when when you go into business for yourself, you got to plan. What are some things that might not go my way? You can say go wrong or I fall on my face or whatever. And what am I going to do to to get myself out of that situation or what other path can I take? to detour around that situation and, and end up where I really want to go eventually. If you've read, uh, and I'm speaking to everybody out there, I'm not speaking to you directly here, but if you've read my book, there's an entire section just around the visualization side. Uh, and it, a lot of it has actually stemmed from you and I, the time that we spent together. I can't tell you how many times We'd be in the pool in the morning or out on a bike ride. And this conversation right here would pop up. I wouldn't be feeling it one day or I'd be feeling even better, you know, at a different point. And Amy was constantly putting that that little kind of mental note, like just you're not feeling great. OK, think what can you do in this moment? How do you you know, maybe it was the uh, 6000 yard pool swim or a 5000 yard pool swim. And I'm, I'm dead to the wall trying to hang on uh, to get through. Again, it's it's about and uh, you what you said nailed it when you're when you've gone through it, whether it's up here, just visualizing the whole piece or you've gone through it physically, it's actually happening. Your brain can't tell the difference. And I talk about this like crazy. I would run through and I, I do this a lot now, uh, even when we go out and do all this crazy canyoneering stuff. Deanna, actually, she kind of thinks I'm crazy for this. But every time we get ready to do a big Repel a big drop, a couple hundred feet or more. I start running through all the crazy stuff. What if the rope starts to break, you know, and rip? What if I have an issue with my gear? What if something starts to get tangled? And I'm running through it in my mind, visualizing it actually happening. What if the anchor were to start to blow and things are, you know, I'm starting to crash to the ground? What can I do? I put myself in that moment for those exact uh, type of reasons 
right there. And you guys can take that and just translate that straight over. Okay. I, I'm trying to lock down this next business opportunity. We got a lot of real estate investors that, that follow and do a lot with us. You know, I'm trying to put an offer in on a house. What if they say no? What if that number doesn't match? And what else, what else can I do? Uh, that kind of piece of it. So anything else you want to add around that topic before I kind of switch gears here? Definitely. Um, the word fail, you know, we all, we all may have heard the saying fail forward. And that's exactly what you were doing when you're climbing up and down those mountains, right? So what if I fail? What if this happens? What am I going to do? You're thinking of alternative ways to deal with that failure, which has a negative connotation again. Like resistance sort of has a negative content, resilience has a negative connotation. So does so does failure. Um, people think failure, you're done, you're you're no longer moving forward. But in fact, fail actually failure actually propels you forward. If you have that mindset to know if this doesn't go right, if this fails, what is Plan B, C, D, and E to get around it? So I arrive at the other side a little bit wiser, a little bit smarter, and a little bit grittier. Agree 100%. I want to shift. It's kind of still in the same topic, and I want to go back to that day in the desert, in the 100 degrees. Uh, because, And, and I, I laugh, but it has become literally a moment since that day of you and I being down there racing and, and the moment I'm about to explain. It has been something that has stuck with me forever. And it probably will stick with me for, for the rest of my life. And it's something that I tap back to all the time. And for was those it, of you that... Was it when I made you walk up the hill the day before the race? No, it wasn't. So it was actually, this was actually in race. Because I want to I kind of shift. And we can do a ton to prep up front to be kind of more resilient to the time, right? A lot of this planning, a lot of the what-if moments, the visualization, all that kind of stuff. But when when push comes to shove and we're in it, and it actually hits us. And the moment I want to talk about, for those of you guys that don't know, it was Amy's final kind of like, I call it the, the cherry on top moment. You're, you're going out in style with, with the victory uh, down there at Ironman Cabo. The last Ironman Cabo she's able to now claim for the rest of eternity. She is the final female winner of Ironman Cabo. I still Cabo. have that banner. I have that banner in my home. And that day, I, I swear, I, I don't think I will ever forget that day. And for those of you guys that don't know what I'm talking about here, we were on the run course. Obviously, Amy was way out in front of where I was at. Uh, probably my worst race, her best. Uh, but we crossed paths. And you were, I forget even what mile mark you were in, but you were on your your final lap, basically. Yeah, it it's a like, four-lap uh, run. It's probably like 21, somewhere around yeah. there. 20, about 20, 21 of a, of a marathon run after 2.4 in the water. 112 out on the bike and Amy came up to me on the side of me and in that moment she was talking about how far she we were actually in second place at the time there was one girl that you were tracking down out in front of you and I remember this quick little exchange hey she's not too far in front and I just kind of gave you this nudge like go quit freaking talking to me kind of thing and and go get it and a handful of hours later when I come across the finish line I come to find out Amy tracked her down, ran her down, surpassed it, beat her, goes on to win the race. And that moment right there, it is something that I've gone back to time and time again, no matter how much pressure has come down on top of myself in our businesses, the changes. Now, I've gone through a lot of change from 2018 to, to 2020 to where we're at even today and had a lot of ups and downs. And some have been really great. And some have been really crappy. 
And I keep going back to that moment because there was this, there was this like fuel and fire and just this, this look in your eyes and in the, the energy. And it's, to me, it is the true definition of being resilient in a moment. I mean, you're, you're spent, you're tapped out. A lot of people, right. Take that to business. Everything's failing around me. I'm just kind of muddling through. I, I got to give it even more to get to the, to the, what I would consider victory for whatever business opportunity I'm in. I'm tired. I don't even want to do it anymore. And it, it'd be easy to just sit back and say, well, second place is okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't need to ch- chase it. What yeah. triggers, what, what did you, what, like, what did you tap into into that moment to, to fuel that? Well, you, you, earlier we talked about having a mental training plan um, and something I do with my athletes. It's um, words they're going to say to themselves during the race that will drown out any negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I realized I was within minutes of winning that race, I told myself, and I said this to you when I was going by with maybe a couple explicits <laughs> added into that, <laughs> added into that sentence or two is I didn't train my whole life to lose an Ironman by one or two minutes. And that, that kept going through my head probably for like the last four, four or five miles. I just kept saying, I didn't train my whole life for an Ironman to lose by one or two minutes. And, um, that really is what fueled me. You know, that was my first Ironman where I negative split my marathon, which is really hard to do. That means you run the second half of your marathon faster than your first half, which is how that should be executed. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just, I'm like, you know, it's so close and I can't give up now. And, you know, I might not ever have this opportunity again. So that was really what was fueling me those last five miles. Um, Obviously having friends and family there was very helpful having you there. Like when I saw you, it was like the most perfect time because I, I just knew I was going to get that extra boost from you. Um, and, and you wouldn't scold me for saying explicit words <laughs> while I'm running by you. Um, and then having my husband and my daughter, one of my daughters there was, was very helpful too, um, to get me through those last couple miles. Um, there's a lot of respect out there on that course. And I think a lot of people have those, those uh, things going through their heads when they're at mile 20 and they got a few more miles to go or, or, you know, they're in a business deal and it might be a make or break time and you just want to give up, but you got to think about all of the time and the labor and the sacrifice you've put in that you, you know, you just, you just can't give up, you know, if it's only one or two minutes away, just, just go for it. Just go for it. Absolutely. Um, like I said, it's, it's been something that I I don't think that moment will ever, ever leave. It's, I call it my little secret weapon. Uh, I think back to the, that day, um, partially because, uh, it was a very humbling day for my own self. It was by far one of the, you know, worst performances in general in a day. And it really wasn't a bad performance, but when I look at the grand scheme of everything that I've done in my life, it's one of those moments that I go back to. And I say, I did not succeed with what I set out the expectations that I put out for myself. Now, with that means there was a ton of, you know, causes to that. You and I were constantly going back and forth, trying to adjust, talk about not knowing what the path looked like. Life was crazy. Business was crazy. Travel was crazy, all leading into that uh, and, and really trying to balance that, which opens up the next the next conversation here. 
balancing in this this phase of also trying to be resilient around things and and embracing and you're a wife you're a mom you are training at a, at a professional level which is no small feat right it's not you know just an hour or two a day you got athletes that you were also aka you, you kind of you know had clients in a sense they're that's kind of the business piece that was paying some bills and and there's there's care that you had to put out there for them how did you balance all of that and what are some tips or tricks or something that you could say to somebody that is maybe trying to balance a business and their family and raising kids and but they've got this this passion or this vision too of, of what they want for themselves and you got a spouse wrapped into this whole mix so you're kind of like the perfect candidate to, to ask this question Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to have your team. You got to have your team on board. Um, I was very fortunate. My husband and my children were on board. It was not easy. It was very difficult. Um, I saw my professional years as a years of investment into where I wanted to go, where some people see their professional years as where they wanted to go. All right. So there was a difference in the in the mindset there. I was seeing my professional years as a vehicle, as a bridge to get to where I wanted to go. I, I joke about this, but I'm dead serious that my professional years were my second my my second bout to college where you go into college debt. <laughs> Being mm -hmm. a professional athlete, especially on the Ironman circuit, this isn't the NBA professional, you know, professional <laughs> paycheck. This is the uh, professional paycheck that an Ironman athlete gets is definitely um, probably not the smartest money decision, but it was definitely the route I needed to go to be able to understand the sport in very much detail, to be able to connect with very knowledgeable mentors and people who knew more than me. And I'm 48 now. And I think the older you get, the more you learn, you don't know. <laughs> and when we're younger, I think we know more, right? Um, <laughs> so true. I, think, I think that's part of wisdom. As you get older, you know, you realize how much less, you know. And um, so, you know, those years were very valuable to me because I invested in what my future was going to be. And I surrounded myself with people who I could learn from and um, not just um, people who knew more than me on the triathlon coaching sense of things, but also like my clients, like you, um, learning business from you. I remember after the race, we were all sitting around at the poolside and, you know, exchanging information about business and also a little bit about your military background, which, you know, I really didn't know much about that until I started, you know, getting to know you better and mm -hmm. where you came from and the adversity you've had to uh, go through from your military um, history. So, you know, I've also learned a lot from my clients too. Um, so I, I don't know, did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to come back on, on something there, but I love what you just said. And, and I hope people catch that, that your professional career, right? And for, for everybody that maybe didn't catch the beginning of this, that didn't happen until age 40 is when you really looked at it and said, I want to take it to the next level. I want to go pro. I want to put in the work that it's going to take not only to get there, but to stay there and, and keep competing at that. 
for some, that's like, the, that's the pinnacle. I've achieved it. That's what I want to happen. Listen to what Amy just said there, though. She looked at that as that's what I almost you're saying this. I needed that to get to what I wanted. I needed to do that to get what I wanted out of my life. The, the, the vision that you had for for going forward. Remember, at the beginning, we were just talking. You got into teaching first as a, as a piece to be able to, to coach because you've always kind of known that that's what you wanted to do. Right. Mm hmm. So it wasn't about racing professionally as the, the highlight or the pinnacle. It's amazing that you did it. So how do you take that? And, and those of you that are listening, you know, you may be looking at some things in business and I talk about this all the time. It's impossible to be balanced 100%, meaning we can never be perfectly balanced in life and business simultaneously. We're going to be out of balance one way or the other. We've either got a super ton of focus on the business side, or we got a super ton of focus on the fun, the, the the life side of us, right? Family, whatever the case, something always has to give. And kind of looking at, take Amy's example there, it was like, it was going to be difficult to go pro, put in that commitment. And that's where I want to come back to here in one second. But I, you needed to get out of balance in all this other stuff to do this, to set this side up over here later in the future. So with that, kind of just elaborate a little bit more. How did how did you get Chad and the kids and everybody kind of on board to say, all right, mom, you know, all right, hun, we're gonna we're gonna support you and and be in your corner while you while you attack this. It's you know what, it's not easy. It doesn't happen in a minute. Um, it happens over years because you know, you don't really realize how hard it's going to be until you're in the thick of things. Um, but to be able to see the, the, the reason why you're doing it and what you want to get out of the situation helps you through that. Um, I remember my husband saying to me, you know what, I'm supporting you because I really want my daughters to learn that as a woman, they can, they can go after anything they want to you know, and I looked at it, you know, with, with him setting that example for my daughters that, you know, someday they'll be able to find somebody who's just as supportive as their dad was to me for them, for their lifelong partner, you know, last thing, and you have a daughter, last thing you want is your daughter to, um, you know, end up being in a relationship where she doesn't maximize her potential of where she wants to be. She wants to be in a relationship of someone like you who's going to push her to always maximize her capability and her talents. Um, so, you know, it's something that organically grows. Um, it is hard. It is so hard. Like you said, you cannot have a balance. There is not a balance there. Um, you know, my house, like this last year and a half, I've been focusing on home improvement projects because those home improvement projects were on delay for 10 years. And finally, when we had a leak in our roof, we're like, good thing this leak in the roof happened this last year because I don't know off of an Ironman, pro, pro, professional Ironman salary, I would be able to replace this leak in the roof. So, so um, there's always a time and place and there's always seasons. Um, you know, I say I'm retired from Ironman triathlon, at least as a professional, but I'm, you know, maybe I'm on a sabbatical, and, but this is what I have to do right now. I have to build my, my coaching a bit more. 
Um, you know, do I want to go out and do those four and five hour bike rides out in the beautiful Pennsylvania countryside? Yeah, I'd love to do that right now. But right now, this is my focus is is building my coaching and building my coaching brand and and helping the system I work with um, achieve their goals, too. So, um, you know, you can't have it all all at one time. Eventually, over accumulation of years, you might get it all. But there is tremendous, tremendous sacrifice um, that goes in goes into starting your own business or being a committed athlete or a professional athlete to your sport. I could not agree more on that side. Everybody asks all the time, you know, matter of fact, I, I posted in the picture, whatever it was last week or something, when I got the bike back out and finally took it in, got it cleaned up and was out riding. A couple of people messaged me. They're like, oh, are you going to go do another race again? Are you going to start training again? And it's like, I've had those moments where I'm like, man, I miss it. And I would love to. But then I remember that there's a lot of time commitment that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And right now the focus is top results and what we got going on over here in the business side. And I really try and there's, there's some goals that we've got set that just take a little bit more of the the time right now. So sure. I'll enjoy a couple rides here and there. I enjoy a couple, you know, runs. I, I sign up for some crazy trail runs out of the blue and, and go run a 50 K without uh, really training at all. <laughs> those type of things to, to suppress, right. To suppress right. those, those little mm-hmm. moments uh, on it, but also to get some of that, that fuel right, of the, putting myself in moments where I can be a little resilient at times or need to figure out a tiny bit of balance. Again, it's just a way to, to kind of keep it in, in check right. uh, for myself. So right. um, there was uh, another piece that you had said in there earlier that um, I want to kind of go back to and, and just kind of expand a little bit more on this. And I look at, you know, someone like yourself, you're, you're running a, a coaching practice and although you're coaching athletes, there there's that business element to it. And for you, you came from right before all of the, the triathlon stuff, you came from teaching, which is, you know, more of the traditional job uh, piece of it. And I know a lot of people that follow us, a lot of people that tune into these shows, they're in that transition period right there. So I kind of want to take you back in time. Uh, and and kind of pick your brain a little bit here. When you were leaving from the more traditional job teaching, going into this more, I'm going to call it the entrepreneurial world, the the self kind of controller world. What was going through the mind at the time? And how did you how did you kind of kind of trust in yourself a little bit to know that I'm making the right choice? I'm I'm leaving this, putting a lot of pressure over here. I know the salary is not going to be that great on this side but I'm making the right choice. Right. Um, you know what? I, I always come back to the word organic, you know? Um, if you would have asked me 15 years ago that I would have competed professionally for five years from the age of 40 to 45, I would be like, no way. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I didn't even know how to swim like 20 years ago. So, um, it was, it's sort of like, um, trusting, trusting, what's put ahead of you and, and just having faith, you know, it's jumping off the cliff, knowing that somehow you're, you have the ability to make yourself fly. All right. So, um, I would never have, never have thought that this is where I would have been right now, but at the same time, I'm the kind of person I like change. I embrace change. Um, I don't think I ever thought 
I ever saw myself being an educator for 30 or 35 years. Um, so it's pretty much like every decade, I think I'm doing something new, right? Um, so how I got out of education and into competition and being an endurance coach was uh, there were some things that happened in my personal life with my family. My children had become ill and um, I had to take a medical leave one year off of my job to tend to some illness. And then I had parents that were ill also um, had uh, chronic diseases. My mother passed away from Alzheimer's early onset Alzheimer's and my father had Lou Gehrig's disease. And at the same time, I had a daughter diagnosed with type one diabetes, two other daughters diagnosed with celiac. And um, one of them also was diagnosed with an autoimmunity disease also um, called autoimmunity neutropenia. So I had a lot of things going on where I just had to like stop and reassess where I was and reassess where my priorities was. One was my family's health, being able to be there for them, um, which I wanted to be home a little bit more. And then also my mental sanity. What can I do to keep mom happy so that I'm able to care for those people around me. And it just led me to endurance sports. Um, I started running and got injured from running. Then I started swimming and I thought, well, now I know how to swim. I know how to ride, ride a bike. I know how to run. So now I'm going to go ahead and, and do this triathlon competition. And then just, you know, the, the people I met along the way, um, connected with the right kind of people, similar mindset as me, um, people I wanted to learn from, people I wanted to be my mentors, led into one thing into another where eventually I became an endurance coach with those mentors. And um, so, you know, what could have been seen as that wall put ahead of me that I'm not gonna be able to get over this because this really sucks about my parents. And, and you know, now my kids have these elements and and instead of woe is me i i was able to climb over that wall and find a different way to be able to battle those demons if if, uh -huh. if you know if that's i don't know if that's too far-fetched out there but um and that's what brought me to where i am today you know and um what i do makes me very happy i think that's really important um i love interacting with people i love inspiring people. Um, and I love being inspired by people too, and helping people realize the potential within themselves. And, and a lot of the clients I have, it's not so much, you know, it's not the finish line. It's that journey to that finish line that, that gets us there. That's, that's really, that's really the meat, meat and potatoes of everything, right? Is it's Absolutely. that journey to that finish line. Um, you know, you mentioned something earlier about Cabo being your worst race ever, and I've had worst race ever's too, you know, and, and, and those are going to happen. They're, they're, they're going to happen. And, and no matter if you're in business, if you're in athletics, you know, there's going to be those worst moments. They're always going to be there, but we just pick ourselves up and we, we look forward to that 10 to 20% of the time where we, we strike a, you know, we strike a touchdown, right? Um, yep. It's not always going to be a touchdown 100% of the time. And, and on that day, it was my touchdown day. You know, a year or two later, I didn't have so much of a touchdown day. But that was the failure that I have to detour around and readjust my mindset and readjust my goals and figure out what is coming next. 
with that, before we wrap up, readjusting, right? The failures are going to happen. Everything going on in the world right now, it's a, it's impacting everybody. Between COVID shutdowns, things are changing. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got clients, athletes that probably were scheduled to be racing at different times. Some probably already should have had a race and probably got canceled on them. How are you dealing with and what what's kind of how are you embracing this time right now? Just kind of talk to some of the even the changes you're making with the way you're handling what you do every single day. Right. So a a good portion of what I do is virtual online training. So when COVID hit, our virtual online training even got busier. Um, A lot of gyms were shut down. Um, So um, I, you know, part of my job is working with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's charity team called Team and Training, where about two thirds of their coaching population works on a local level. And once when they were not able to work on a local level anymore, we had to come up with new creative ways to be able to tend to those athletes who were no longer being serviced on the local local level. So um, we have a training platform and in the training platform, it's very similar to something like Facebook where you have feeds and you have lives and whatever. So we just, we just started a new, we started a new thing called team and training live where, you know, every day there's videos that are being posted by local team and training coaches who can no longer meet with their athletes who are now doing live things like what we are doing now, whether it's Mm -hmm. a yoga session. It's a bicycle trainer session. It's a, you know, stretching session, um, strength training. So we've just adapted. We've, we've made new things to be able to accommodate what the need was during that time. And, and we're going to hold on to those things. We're not going to let them go. They're, they're there forever. They're, you know, now we've, we've been creative, we've invented, and now we're expanding our services to even more athletes. Um, so that's like on the team and training side, on the QT2 side, we've had our own little virtual races to keep our athletes motivated. We're, we're competing against each other. We have goals, um, things on, on virtual online platforms like, like Swift. I don't know if many people know what that is, but basically you have an avatar and you're racing against people from around the world because you have this trainer you're putting your bike on that reads your speed amazing you would never have thought this the stuff would be you know was invented 10 or 15 years ago so we're doing a lot of things like that we're just we're just preoccupying our athletes with different kinds of challenges and then with each athlete it's very personal we have athletes who have some financial issues right now so we're trying to meet them halfway with helping them through those times what can we do to be able to still help them and but at the same time allow them to have some fight you know relieve some finances at that time um and then we have athletes who are home more and they want to train more so we're we're doing we're doing more training with them and and that's working out really well too so we're just adjusting with the times um you learn a lot about your athletes and your clients on their mindset during this time um you know a lot of the athletes want to shut down the day after they've figure out that their races are, are canceled. Um, and they go through the grieving process and I let them go through that grieving process. And about a a week later, they usually come back and say, okay, what next? What can I do? What can I do now? Okay. These are our limiters. These are our limiters we can work on. Okay. You can't touch your toes. Um, we're going to work on your mobility, you know, um, you know, we need to work on your swim or whatever. So, 
um, it's a good, good lesson on being process mindset. Okay. Instead of just thinking of outcomes all the time, you know, going to that race and I'm, I'm done. Okay. There's more than just the race here. You know, there's more we're striving for than just that next race and that next finish line. So true. And I, we could go an entire, another hour just on that topic uh, alone, but um, I do want to, you know, respect everybody's time here. I, I know you got a lot going on, a lot of busy things uh, happening, not to mention it's, it's getting close to the, to the dinner hours uh, back there on the East coast. So um, any last minute things that you want to say to everybody before we kind of wrap up here today? I just want to thank you for asking me to come on. It's so great to connect with you, Sean. Um, I have learned so much from you, you know, and, and I know you'll say you learn from me, but I, I learned so much from my clients and, and, um, you know, I think part of being a business owner, being a leader is being able to listen and not always be the one to call the punches, but to be able to listen and learn from those around you. Um, the biggest thing I think is, you know, where do you want to go? It's going to be tough to get there. Surround yourself with as many people as you can who have diverse opinions, diverse recommendations, weigh them. Um, you know, learn from mentors and um, don't don't think of resiliency as resisting that wall. Think of resiliency as being able how to figure out creatively to climb that wall to get to the next objective or the next obstacle, which might be the obstacle you want to get to, or maybe something else comes up in the way that's even better and and then attaching onto that i love it i love it and uh in case anybody out there suddenly has got this urge they want to maybe try to tackle a, a their first ever half uh marathon or a marathon or get into some triathlon stuff as things start to maybe you know we get back to some more normalized uh race events out there what uh what type of services do you guys offer how can somebody get in touch with you uh what kind of you know what do you got right. out there Right. So the system I work for is called QT2 Systems. We're out of the Boston area, but that doesn't mean we just service Boston people. We're virtual, so we're remote. Um, I have athletes from California, Florida, Michigan, you know, Louisiana, like you, you name it. I, you know, we have athletes all over. Um, just QT2Systems.com, Amy Javens at QT2Systems.com. We have services at the local level. Um, you know, we have coaches throughout the nation who do local training. Um, but our big, our big powerhouse, our big, big wheelhouse is our online virtual training that we do. Um, so we service athletes who are training for their first 5k, um, maybe doing an ultra trail event, doing Ironman, doing a sprint distance triathlon, um, even cycling, you know, anywhere from crit racing to gravel, gravel biking, which is really popular now, um, to touring. So we pretty much encompass coaching any of those endurance sports. Um, we do very personalized one-on-one -on -one programming that will suit your lifestyle, suit your schedule. Um, try to keep your stress bucket at the perfect height, not overfilling. We're not going to fill more <laughs> into your stress bucket, but we're going to give you enough stress that's going to be able to empower you um, to get up at 5.30 in the morning, get to that pool, be done with your exercise regimen, 
and be at the office by 7.38 so that you're at home by five in the afternoon um, and being able to tend to family. So um, yeah, we're not just endurance coaches, but we're a bit of life coaches too. And we get, we get a healthy along the way, healthy and fit along the way, which is great Absolutely. for quality of life, right? And it might be great for some of those out there that are uh, kind of experiencing, what are they calling it? The the COVID-15 or the COVID-20, uh, kind of like the old freshman 15. You know, if you got to, maybe if you want to get back in shape a little bit, challenge yourself, throw a little five or 10K out there. Exactly. Uh, we'll link we'll link everything up in the, in the show notes uh, later on. Uh, Amy's, you know, email address and, and how the website, uh, QT2, I can, I can say nothing but amazing things. I've been a, a, a user of both being personally coached by Amy and also underneath the, the QT2 program. And, uh, there's, there's going to come a day I'll be back. I'll be you back will. ready to, to do something. I know I've got some crazy stuff on the, on the schedule, uh, going into to 2021, uh, especially on the, the hiking and, and some of that right. endurance side of, of the house. But, uh, I've already forewarned Deanna. There will be another triathlon in the future. I don't. I don't know how many more yeah. or how crazy I'll get with it, but uh, yeah. I will be back into it. So um, that's good. To hear. I want to thank you for for taking a little bit of time and, and jumping on and, and talking to us. I know we can we can chat forever. Uh, it's one of the things that I miss the most about uh, seeing you in the mornings and working out and those those crazy morning swims uh, together. But uh, thank you. Give the family yeah. a, a big hello from me. Sure and, will. Uh, we will definitely have to, we'll get you back on again soon and, and chat about some other stuff. And again, those that, uh, those that were listening, feel free, uh, throw, those that watched it live on Facebook or catch the replay out there on Facebook, throw any questions you got, comments, whatever the case, I'll be in there kind of chiming in. Uh, and those watching or listening, watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a little comment, let us know what you took away from it out there on iTunes and in the different worlds of podcasting, be sure to subscribe to the show. Let us know that you're here and we'll see you guys again on a future episode of the Sean Tiberio show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast, as well as share it out with your fellow entrepreneurs. Congratulations again for showing up today. Now get out there, take action, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode.